Hello and welcome to another episode of Dubai's Daughter Presents Her Story. I actually have the pleasure of speaking with one of my favorite people in the world, my uh, my cousin, Jackie. Would you take a moment to introduce yourself, Jackie? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Jacqueline Rankin-Smith, and as she said, I'm one of her favorite people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Women's Appreciation, Women's Month, right? And I wanted to have some great women, some great sheroes of mine on this podcast. So um, we're going to start with question number one, okay? Okay. In high school, did you know what career you wanted to go into? Good question. Well, you know, I was in high school back in the early 70s. So at that time, we really didn't have general um, guidance as to what we would do after school. So... Everybody that I met, everybody that came through, I wanted to be just like them. So I didn't really have a sense of one thing that I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to be uh, um, self-sufficient, but I didn't have a particular thing to do in high school. I wanted to be a social worker. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a mom. So no, nothing specifically in high school. I'm going to... I'm going to jump in because I can see you be each one of those things. Yep. <laughs> I really, really could. So what did you end up choosing? Which right. The ironic part is someone chose it for me. Now, I've always been good in math. I've loved math, but I never even thought about math being a career. So I was speaking with someone uh, after, right immediately after graduation. And she asked me, she said, well, what are you going to do now? And at the time, I was expecting my child, so I wasn't doing anything. So I said, um, I'm not really sure what I'll do afterward. So she says, well, have you think, thought about banking? I said, banking? You know, at that time, banking was mostly a white um, career. So I said, well, I do like math. So after, after my child is born, I'll try that. So that's how I wound up with the career that I did. Once I gave birth, I went and I went and tested for it, the job, and they started me out as a file clerk in the bank. You started at the bottom. I started at the bottom, girl. Wow. Yeah. That's at the nice. Bottom, at the back. I really like that because wait until you all find out where she ended up. Okay. Um, so we already talked about how you achieved your goal. You went yes. on and tested for it and you started as the file clerk. So that was, right. although it wasn't a goal. It right. ended up being a way to get your feet in the door. Absolutely. Right, right. At that time, um, I had a high school education. That was all that I had. And um, so at that time, I knew that, like, as you said, it was a getting my foot into the door. But I knew that I didn't want to stay in that position. So then I told myself, well, in order to go higher, you've got to get education. So that's what I started. I went back to school while I worked. I went back to school and I achieved um, that goal. I uh, got my degree in finance and banking. Uh, mother, wife, working right. and school. Oh, oh my God. All of that oh. at the same time. Yes. See, it's achievable. It can be done. Village. I had a village. You had a village. What okay. level of education was required for the career that you wanted? 
um, to be in that career, I needed a minimum of a bachelor's degree. That's what it required, a bachelor's degree. We're talking 70s and early 80s. Right, early 70s. I graduated in 76. So they required a high school diploma for entry level. But in order to get into the corporate level, it required three. Yeah, a bachelor's degree. Bachelor's, that's it. Okay. Now, here we go. As a woman, do you think you needed to compete more with men in that profession? Absolutely. As a woman, and more particularly as a woman of color, it was um, it was a challenge. Because um, now, as I stated, I started at entry level of banking. Now, women make up um, over half of that percentage going into banking, um, the entry level. But to get to the corporate level, to get past that glass ceiling, and only one third of them are women. And less than that are women of color. So it was a challenge because um, there were few like me as a woman and as a woman of color. So it was um, very competitive at that time, especially. Yes, yes. That, that took me right into the next question, which, you know, uh, you've answered because my next question was, as a woman of color, was that competition even greater? Yes. yes. Absolutely. So what, what challenges uh, did you face as a woman? Oh, yeah. There were challenges, as I mentioned. A big challenge was um, defying social expectations. You know, back then, women were expected to stay at home be in a woman's place, so to speak. So there was a challenge of struggle of being taken seriously. You know, they all thought that we just wanted to get out the house, get away from the kids. They didn't think that we were about um, business. So that was a challenge. And I also had a challenge of trying to balance life and work because, you know, like you stated, as a mother, as a wife, at that time, I had to find an equal balance to find um, um Quality, equality so that I didn't neglect my house, but I did neglect my work. And um, the gender uh, pay gap, that was a challenge. I felt like I was working just as hard as the men in the field, but you know, quite naturally, I was not getting paid what they were getting paid was a challenge. And on top of that, there was some sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, so all of that was challenges. And lastly, the challenge of the fear of failure. Because I was a woman and a woman of color, I felt that there were expectations that were that were expected of me. So I was afraid of failing. So that was always on my mind. You can't fail, you can't fail, you got to do this, you got to do this. So that little thing that you know you hear in your mind, always follow your mind and try to do the best that you can do when you're out there. Um, in the workforce. Yes. Now that fear of failure, it came from, I don't want them to see me fail, but did it also come from you? I don't want to see me fail. Yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. want to fail because right. um, it just don't feel good to fail, especially if you're putting your all into something. So it, uh, it bothered me that other people wanted me to fail, but I definitely did not want to fail myself. This is great advice, you know, for for the young people that are listening to oh, this yeah. podcast. I mean, this is how it was back then. There's still some of that going on now. Absolutely. I was going to say that there, there, 
things they may have different challenges or different struggles but the struggles are real and i want them to know that my struggles i overcame them and they can overcome their struggles as well yes ma'am great advice thank you so at Dubai's daughter we recognize the importance importance of that village of support that you mentioned earlier we we definitely do that oh, so yes. uh, who would you consider as some of your sheroes okay yeah as as we stated um i was young working full time going to school full time so i did and i had small kids i was married and i had small kids so i did have a village and i come from a strong line of women there are a lot of women in my life. Yes. So up until the age of about 27 to 28, I had my great grandmother in my life. So there were five generations at that time of women. So I've come from my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, and as you know, my aunt that helped raise me. They were all my sheroes. They were all the people, and they not only um, told me about perseverance, but they showed me about it. They got up every day and they went to work. They did something, you know, they kept the kids. My great grandmother, you know, she was elderly, but she was always that force behind us. She stayed at home and she kept the home front going. My grandmother, my mother, my aunt, all of us, we saw them get up and go to work. And we felt, and I felt like if they could get up and go to work as old as they are with limited or no education, then I definitely could do that. And I thank God every day for my Shiraz that were in my life. And if there are any um, people that are trying to support your listeners, take heed to that because that's what they're there. That's what we're there for. Help the younger generation come up. Her great-grandmother was my great-grandmother. Mm -hmm. Her grandmother is was my grandmother. Right. The aunt she's speaking of is Dubai herself. There were actually this program is in in honor and remembrance of, and then her mom, my auntie. So these are the strong women. We yeah. come from a great line, and that is great. a great village. Absolutely, I love it, and I love how you expressed all of that. I mean that the five generations going all the way yes. down to your daughter, yes. and your daughter is doing super right now as well. Yes. And your granddaughter. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm so proud of them both. I am too. I'm so proud of them. And for, I'm so fortunate that they had you and their grandmother. That village of support. And that's key to any, like any career you choose or anything that you choose to do. As long as you've, you've got those positive, positive people in your village, you'll do fantastic. And Iman, another thing too, I just thought about, um, sometimes those sheroes are not necessarily in your family. We were just blessed to have them in our family. But you can look outside of your family and there are people that are, are willing to help you. So don't just look inside. It's a good thing if they're there in your family, but don't just stop there. There may be people in the profession that you're seeking that may help you and may be a mentor for you as well. I love this, uh, this um, organization that you have established is because you can be the um the connector for them like in for example the, the podcast that you are you're connecting people that um they may not have ever met me but i am a resource for them so i love this yes thank you thank you very much and you're exactly right so you've got 
you've got teachers from elementary school. Yes. Um, junior high, high school, and even when you get into college. So, yes. uh, I mean, you've got family, friends. Right. You've got all of these people that make up a village, and you're right. Great points, Jackie. Thank you. Now, um, we're going to wrap up. And here's my last question for you. Do you have any recommendations, comments, suggestions for our young listeners that you've not already given, but you've given some great advice that are still in high school and they're getting ready to embark on this journey in business, oh. you know, or whatever they, they choose to do in their life? Do you have any advice to give them? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, this is something that I wish someone had told me when I was younger, when I was in high school and lost directions. I, I had the um, smarts, but I didn't know enough. So the first thing that I would tell them is don't procrastinate because um, graduation is right around the corner and you don't have to wait to graduate to get started on your journey. So don't procrastinate. Have your vision. Write down your vision. You know, think about what's important to you and where you want to end up at. You know, set some goals. Break up your goals. Break them up into attainable goals. You know, don't make a goal saying, oh, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, that's fine. But break them up into attainable goals so that when you reach one goal, you'll feel satisfied. You can go on to the next level. You know, don't make them so far. So expand your knowledge. You're never too old to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. So um, stay up to date with things that are going on because things are always changing. Um, Iman can tell you right now, this podcast thing is a challenge to me, but I stuck to it till I got it. So I'm you did. It. You did. <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to ask for advice. Please don't be afraid to ask for advice. It's out there. Knowledge is power. I want you to remember that. Knowledge is power. So don't be afraid to ask for advice. And um, when you're doing all of your seeking, don't forget about internships because you can go and find out what it is to work in the workforce without actually getting into it. Some companies offer that. So just stay focused and um, keep believing and, and knowing that there will be challenges, but you can overcome them. That's right. Well, we yep. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I love your, your words thank of you. wisdom and your words of encouragement thank to you. these young ladies, because this is exactly what they need to hear. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Have a blessed right. day. You too. Okay. Bye. Dubai's daughter presents her story. Welcome back to another beautiful podcast. My name is Layla S. And my name is Zakia S. And we're here with Miss Porter. Hi, everybody. Now, Ms. Porter, please tell us about yourself, what you do for a living, where you're from. Sure. Well, first, thank you for having me. As the young lady said, my name is Ms. Porter. I'm an eighth grade math teacher at Kennedy Middle School here in Charlotte, North Carolina. But I hadn't always been a math teacher. I've held many positions as a bank manager, a retail manager, creator for life insurance. And I've also found passion working for Mecklenburg County Department of Social Services as an intake specialist. And then last, prior to before coming a teacher, I was a financial counselor for what is now Atrium Health. So I've most enjoyed spending time 
uh, serving my community here in Charlotte for the past 20 plus years. Do you like the city of Charlotte? Love, love the city of Charlotte. Like it's just an understatement. I love the city of Charlotte. There's so much to do, so much diversity. Um, I've been here, like I said, for 22 years and it's just been great. I have no complaints. And coming from Michigan, that's where I was born. Uh, I just, I can't get enough of this weather. That's amazing. That's perfect. I love that. This month is Women's Appreciation Month. We are thrilled to be talking to, with you today. So let's start off with our first question. In high school, did you know what career you wanted to go into? Well, in the beginning of high school, I honestly at the time thought that I wanted to be a secretary at first. In my ninth and 10th grade year, my mother worked in an office. And at the time, I'm gonna date myself, but computers weren't out in the way that they are today. And I just enjoyed typing on the typewriter. And I thought I wanted to be a secretary. And once I got into my junior and senior year in high school, I'm dating myself. I feel like I'm dating myself. But once I got into my junior and senior year in high school, I discovered that I love numbers and thought that accounting would be the way I went. The next step for me was accounting. Did you achieve that goal? Of becoming an accountant? No. So I worked really hard and earned a full scholarship, but it was an athletic scholarship. And back then, the schedule for accounting didn't quite mesh with the basketball schedule requirements. So sometimes when you attend college on an athletic scholarship, a lot of times your athletics takes priority over the academics in that way that it, it just wasn't an opportunity for me to, to mix it well at the time. So I ended up getting my bachelor's of science in business administration. And how did you deal with that shift of choosing one versus the other? I didn't feel at the time that I had a lot of choices. I knew that I liked business. I knew that I was business minded. So if I couldn't do accounting, I wanted to make sure that I took advantage of the, the coursework that I had already completed with the accounting. And so to do that and to be able to graduate on time, which was the ultimate goal anyway, which was to come out of college with a, a degree, I went ahead and rolled that into business management, but I do have a good good number of accounting classes under my belt if I wanted to do that. I, I just didn't uh, follow that because again, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't something that I could fit in the schedule of a full-time athlete. I understand that. Our next question that we have for you is what level of education did it take to become an accountant? So at the time, you could become an accountant by obtaining your bachelor's degree and then you had to study for the CPA exam to become a certified public accountant. There was an exam that you had to study for and pass to become a CPA. There was the big six accounting firms. I, I used to have them memorized. Ideally, you would go and land a job with one of the big six accounting firms as an apprentice and then study for and take your certified public accountant's test. As a woman, do you think you need to do more to compete with men? in your profession? Well, as a teacher, I'm not feeling so much that competition that I, I was when I was in business. Okay. I find that the industry for a teacher has more women than men working. That's just what I've seen so far in, in my short career. So I don't feel that competition. But in the business field, definitely felt like 
I had to not only do my job well, but I had to do my job well while also maintaining other job, other responsibilities that most women in the household maintain. So for example, I often felt like in business, I had to be mindful that I was firm and yet, and not categorized as emotional mm -hmm. by the other male colleagues. And then there were a lot of times when I would turn back to side comments or um, different water cooler jokes that were not that were not necessarily nice or geared, you know, appropriate in the workplace as a woman. While being a woman in the workplace, I often felt uncomfortable, but I had to, you know, adjust, which I was used to be having been an athlete. So I, I relied a lot on the skills I learned as an athlete, often competing with or uh, playing with the guys or being amongst the other jocks, like kind of to understand how to adjust to that type of language and stuff. And I found that there was a lot of parallels between playing basketball with boys and working with men in the workforce and business. As a woman of color, was that competition even greater? Absolutely. So a lot of times, not only were you competing then, if as a woman of color in business, I was not only just competing with the other women I worked with, my my colleagues, other women, but as an, uh, a black female in business, a lot of times you can get passed over for opportunities based on your clientele. So for, for example, uh, I managed a bank and there were often times that sometimes I would have customers who had implicit bias. Hmm. And even though I was the manager of the bank, those who had biases or I will just call them biases for this particular interview, they would want to be helped by some of my subordinates other than talking and, and, and communicating with me directly. So I dealt with that and I would have that same kind of dealing from a racial end and then also from me just being a woman. So for example, a man would come to the branch, he'd want to have a conversation about money, several deposits, but didn't want to have that conversation with me per se. They were fine with either having a male to work with or if a male was not available, their next best person that they want to work with would be a Caucasian female. Did that bother you? Yes. To be quite frank, it was very frustrating because I had gone to school, I worked, I, you know, studied like crazy to learn how to give the best customer service to my customer. And all because of either the color of my skin or gender, they didn't want to receive all that I had to give. And so not only was that like offensive, right? It, it, it also played a role in being able to provide me with bonuses because this customer did not want to be serviced by me for reasons that had nothing to do with my intellect or capabilities. So very frustrating, yes. Hmm. What challenges do slash did you face as a woman in business? A lot of times, again, I often felt like 
it was a challenge to succeed in business and yet have my personal goals of being a mother and a wife. Mm. Oftentimes I had to balance that. I found that I had to make choices where if I wanted to succeed and make the kind of money that I knew I was worth, it would come at the price of, of not being available to my children or my husband or spending several hours away from home just to make the same or if not more money than those who were of the opposite gender or opposite race. So very frustrating. I had to make ch choices, but in the end, I feel like my choices were worth it. I have two of the most amazing young ladies that I've raised. And I've always said the money will come and it is coming, it is here. And you know, you have to sit back and think, what's more about my own personal value system and goal, you know, and goal. And I'd much rather be a mother, a great mother who shows my children that they're my priority than be a wealthy person who has no relationship with my children. And that's a choice that I made. But I know that that choice is a very difficult one for not just myself, but any woman in the industry trying to compete. I definitely understand that. Well, as much as I can. And I appreciate you for sharing that with us. As we go into our next question, it more gears towards the importance of having the support of a village. Who would you consider as your hero in your life, past or present, and why? So a lot of my heroes, well, you know, it, it runs a wide range. My first hero was my grandmother. She was a woman who did not have um, a high school diploma, but she was the first or one of the first um, African-American alterationist in my town. So she ran a successful business with not a lot of education. And she, she happened to be in a position where she was a seamstress for a lot of prominent women and men in our town. And they happened to be um, African-American. So it allowed me, because of her profession, it allowed me to be exposed to other careers and to see firsthand very prominent people in my community being serviced, of course, by my grandmother. So they held her to a high, high esteem. And then I got to see just very important people in my community. So she was my first hero. Then I would say my mother, who happened to balance motherhood and working at the same time the best that she could. After that, I would say my coaches, my female coaches, they played a big role in making sure that my skills and abilities were on display for everyone to see, which allowed me to then go to college for free. After that, I would say that my college um, guidance counselor, uh, Ms. O'Donnell, was very influential because when I felt that I hit a bump in that in that snag for my schedule to no longer be able to reach my, my first goal to become an accountant, she was willing to sit down with me and look over my transcript and help me determine that getting a bachelor's in business administration would be the next best route for me to take. So, and then from there, I'm just blessed to say that I've had a great deal of influential women 
willing to pour into me because I was willing to listen and to take all of the lessons that they were instilling into me and apply them to my work. So with that being said, they saw how hard I was working and with those networking abilities, were willing to link me into other opportunities so that I could flourish in business. That's very powerful. Lastly, do you have any recommendations, comments, or suggestions for our young listeners that are still in high school as they get ready to embark on their journey into college and business? Yes. What I would say to any young person right now trying to find their their passion, I would say this. Listen to that inner voice that tells you what you enjoy. Try not to let outside voices dictate what you're naturally passionate about. If you're unsure of what you're naturally passionate about, take a couple of quizzes, answer a couple of questions and see what naturally comes out. But be willing to stand in your truth and dive into those things that give you joy. When you are doing work that gives you joy, it really doesn't feel like work at all. And I know you may have heard that, but when you are walking in your gift, I believe that the universe opens up doors in ways that you will not believe. And you'll find yourself at your happiest state when you're doing what you love naturally. So uh, tap into that. Be willing to ask questions of others that you see doing those things you'd be interested in. And be willing to take cues from anyone who's wanting to take time to pour into you. You will not believe what doors can open when you uh, commit to just trying and saying yes. Hmm. That's a powerful message. I hope or our listeners could have received that. Is there any last things that you would like to leave our listeners with? Well, I just like to say that um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Doesn't come often that we can celebrate women. Um, I would also like to say when you feel that you're um, kind of down and you want to give up. I would just say, stop and think about all the things you have accomplished thus far. You are a walking gift and you have a purpose and keep asking yourself, what can I do to move myself closer to my ultimate goal? And think about all the strides that you made. Pat yourself on the back. If no one's gonna pat yourself for you, stay positive and stay encouraged and just know the sky is the absolute limit. You can do anything you put your mind to. I believe that, I'm a walking witness of that. Go forth and be great. Thank you for your time. I'm so happy that you were able to spend this time with us and I will pass it over to Layla to close us out. It's my pleasure. If you wanna hear more like this, please follow Device Daughter on Instagram, Spotify, and any other streaming platform. Thank you, Ms. Porter, for being with us tonight and have a wonderful evening. Thank you. You do the same. Be blessed.